You are listening to Fellowship Around the Table. Welcome back to another week of Fellowship Around the Table. This week, I have our senior pastor with me, Eric Bryan. Yay. Eric, last time we were in here, we were talking about the Dallas Cowboys, but I was giving you a hard time about them, but guess what? They're in the playoffs. Home playoffs. Yeah. And their record, are they, I can't remember, are they undefeated at home Undefeated at home. Okay. So they needed this home field advantage. They do. Yeah. So... The only place they have to go if they get this far is San Francisco. That's right. And we we saw how that turned out so far this year. Hey, this year, the playoffs are wide open. Yeah. Your Chiefs, man, I hear the forecast is like, is it like single digits at, at game time or something? It, I heard on the sports radio on the way over here that now they're saying kickoff will be at negative two oh. with 17 to 20 mile an hour winds, which could put it in negative teen wind chill. Oh, <laughs> so I heard. I'm a sports radio listener, Me and too. I and I heard Coach Pat Jones. Oh yes, the Pat Jones show saying there's even though that that'll be the case, there's going to be some meathead, and he he said it's probably the strength coach who's going to be out there with shorts and a and like a tank top pregame. What? It's not cold. It's, it's not, not cold. cold. Yeah. <laughs> There was peer pressure. When I was in high school, I played line. You know, I I was slow and, you know, semi-immobile, but I played offensive and defensive line, and there was peer pressure among our group on the cold, frigid nights. You're not wearing sleeves, man. You're not wearing sleeves, you know. What position on the line did you play? I played uh, defensive tackle, sort of nerding out. You're a coach's son, so you'll get this, like a 4-3. Yes. So four defensive linemen. I was one of the two interior tackles kind of lined up in the – guard in the trenches gap there and then on offense i played tackle offensive tackle left or right i think i was blindside left yeah yeah for those that aren't deep into football that's one of the highest paid positions in the nfl and one of the most important positions because they protect the blind side of the quarterback there you go the yeah. highest paid position in the yes NFL. that's, that's right. right that's right so very cool anyway yeah, the yeah big big football weekend it'll be fun to tap in a little bit as I can to see how that's going. Yeah, I'm excited. I want you to come in here today because we've been talking about this new sermon series, This Is Us, and our mission, vision, values, and clearly stating those. I have to ask out of the gate, did you watch that TV show? No, but Lauren was way into it. Okay. And, I didn't watch um, it either. But. She, matter of fact, <laughs> sticking with the football analogy, okay. you know, she knows when I watch a football game, if I'm really into it, she just like goes up and takes the laptop and streams something in the be- upstairs bedroom. Well, that's exactly my house. <laughs> but, and she also very graciously doesn't kind of try and interrupt my viewing flow. Okay. Well, I was notoriously interrupting her viewing flow with This Is Us. <laughs> is that right? And she finally got the point across by saying, this is my football game. <laughs> <laughs> So this is us. She was way into it. Yes. Well, I one one last football comment <laughs> is I thought it was really funny, and it's already had millions of views online. The Chiefs' social media account put out a trailer yesterday, and it's like a trailer for a Hallmark movie, and it has actual Hallmark stars in it. <laughs> but the whole theme is the postseason. Okay. And he's all it. into the postseason, and it's all kind of mocking Christmas, kind of like 
the mm. postseason is the Christmas season and she's not into football and they bump into each other and uh, it's it's just silly, but it's really well done. Do they kiss in the end at the, uh, tro- yeah. at the, tro- at the trophy presentation? <laughs> or You'll have to see. Yeah. So check that out, okay. uh, listeners. It's Love pretty it. funny. I'll put it in the, the description. Good deal. So this is us. Yes. Fellowship Bible Church. Mm-hmm. So this is us. Yeah. Just to back up a little bit as to how we got here to this is us. And this was actually just a conversation you and I were having with some other body members right before this about the fact that we we feel like we have sort of been incrementally improving and making progress in clarity on some of these things. Mm-hmm. And our last iteration was we are a church family that is engaging the Bible, pursuing Christ-centered relationships, and sharing the good news of Jesus. Matter of fact, I think that's, as I recall, you invited me into this table. Yeah at the beginning of the podcast series to talk a little bit That's about right. that. Listeners can go back to the first four episodes where we break those yeah. down. Yeah. And the, and the encouraging thing is if you were to go back and listen to that, you're going to hear a lot of the same thread and echo coming through this conversation. Absolutely. Hopefully what you're going to hear in this is us is that we've, the elders felt a compulsion to be even more clear and more yes. intentional. Yes. And more vision mapped and and outcome oriented as to what does this really look like as we do life and live life as a body of believers. Mm-hmm. And so they tasked you, me, and uh, Hank Haynes, three of our elders, to kind of spend the majority of 2023 talking about this and and digging deeper into this. And we came to the conclusion fairly early on that we needed to engage some of the body. Yeah, and uh, so we got some people across multiple generations and perspectives and backgrounds, and male, female, staff, non-staff, and and just had a great time working this through to some more clarity and some more action impetus. Mm-hmm. And that was a very fun and sweet time. Together. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. And yeah. I, I, I leave those times encouraged about this local body. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm sitting around interfacing with brothers and sisters who are. S- Super passionate about this stuff, <laughs> and each one of them has a little bit different approach and flavor to it, but such common ground and such passion about uh, loving and caring about this church. Mm-hmm. It's been wonderful. It has. And so a big part of that charge is we're going to use what I would call a piece of technology, and that's this idea of having mission, vision, and values. And it's just a, a framework to be really clear about who we are, what we're about, mm-hmm. and where we're going. That's right. Yeah, and so how did we go down that road? Yeah. So, and I'll I'll just switch the order of your words a little bit. Please. And, and we did this as a group is we I'll say mission values vision. That's right. And so in the current series and I hope podcast listeners if you're engaging with cross-functional, you know, technology here, also go and listen to this series as it unfolds these 4 weeks in Absolutely. January. But we're answering the questions who we are, what we do, how we do it, That's right. where we're going. Yes. And the the who we are is where we started with the desire for more clarity of of at the end of the day, what who what is our identity as a church? It's a, a church that God has created and he is growing mm-hmm. and that he has put on mission. Mm-hmm. So those elements come in our mission statement. We are God's growing church family, proclaiming the good news of Jesus all to the glory of God. And that last phrase isn't a throwaway phrase. It sounds churchy, but we all say, what, what's the so what of this whole thing? And at the end of the day, it's bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's who we are, what we do, 
this Sunday I'll be talking about this is to engage God's truth, pursue life together, share hope in Christ. Yeah. And those should sound familiar. They are Engage, familiar. pursue, share. One of the things that came out of that, you talked about our kind of original statement when we started here, and it was a bit long and a bit clunky. And what we found is that people used and said, engage, pursue, share, but the rest of it, uh, yeah. it needed to just be refined and, and, and a little shorter and a little more focused. And that's where our teammates were so helpful because, mm-hmm. you know, you can be not see the forest for the trees, you know, especially if you're have that problem. And and I think they've they helped us kind of raise our our lens a little bit and see that forest and it's been really good. I'm excited. I think the more I've gotten into this series, the more I think this is the kind of thing we probably ought to recycle every year. Yeah. And just say, let's let's, let's remind ourselves who we are. This is us. Yep. I know one of the things that might slip people's notice, but is very focused. And we spent a lot of time on, and that's, that's that word growing God's growing church family. And one of the things that I know us being in, in leadership, but you feel this pressure in this culture that a local church is going to be hundred percent focused on evangelism and growing by getting people in the doors and seeing them come to faith or the other end of that spectrum, they're going to be reclusive, internal, focused on them, just right. have their own little Bible study and not open to outsiders and not sharing their faith. And we just reject that false dichotomy. Yeah. And so for us, that growing there is a both and exactly. we should be sharing the gospel. We should be clear with it and we should be seeing people come to faith in Christ and we should see our people here growing up in their faith, maturing. That's right. And I think, and I said it Sunday, the head of our church is Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's that's a clear statement in Scripture. And the well, the precious few things he said about kind of the church path after he left, he gave us a both-and statement. I'm fully convinced <laughs> of it. I know, yes. He said, you know, go and make disciples. You baptize them, which is really the... The first act of obedience of a believer to to say I've been saved. That's right. You know, and and mo- how were most of them saved? Acts two tells us that early church walked it out by being that both end church. They got together, they shared fellowship, teaching of the word, breaking of bread and prayer, and they were in the community. And God added growth to them. That's right. And you see sermons preached in Acts about evangelism. You mm-hmm. see guys getting tapped on the shoulder by the Holy Spirit. Acts thirteen. I've selected these people out of you to go and evangelize. <laughs> and so it's a both and all it the is. way through. I'm more convinced of that, Heath, than ever. I think you are too. I am. Yeah. And I'm excited for us to be very clear about that. <clears throat> yeah. And and resist that pull to become one or the other. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And I matter of fact, I'm going to get a little more sassy about it as the time goes by. If somebody tries to say it has to be one or another, yeah. I'm just... You've been helpful to me in this to say, I just reject that. Yeah. That's not biblical. Yeah. I'm ready for some sassy air. There you go. (laughs) Well, it started with that uh, coat I wore uh, for the the video on the Christmas party, you know, so I'm ready to get in character. (laughs) That's so good. Let's keep going. So that's kind of the mission, why we exist, our purpose. And you talked about how we do that. How we do is the values piece, Heath, and we don't have time to unpack all these, but... There's there's six things that we think are sort of, they're all essential, they're interrelated, and I'll just name them for you. Dwelling in God's Word, walking in humility, standing in grace, living by God's priorities, 
loving one another, and serving with purpose. These are the values. They're, of course, they're action-oriented. And I said this on Sunday, I believe God cares about what we do and how we do it. There's another both there and. There you go. It's an, I think Scripture's full of both and on that, too. Amen. You know, we can be, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about if we do things, but we don't do it with love. We're not walking <laughs> in God's way. Yeah. So I think it's that how we do it is going to be crucial. And these are the things we're going to call each other to account on lovingly and say, hey, we're about this, man. Let's be that way. And I think that's why it's important to state those things. I mean, you could state thousands of values, but what was cool about this process is we reached into our specific DNA of this local church and our traditions and our history. Right. And then we pulled some things in that we want to stretch ourselves on. That's right. But these are key things that really defined how we do behave around here and how those behaviors fulfill our mission. And when you state them and you make them clear and they become part of the culture and the language, you can lovingly hold each other account to those higher ideals. We're all going to fall short, yeah. but we can pull ourselves directionally in the same way with these stated values. So am I here? I mean, I think I'm hearing you say another both and case here. <laughs> both these are things that have existed and are part of our heritage. Yes. And we aspire to excel still more in them. That's right. And grow in them and pull each other into them. That's right. So that's good. The mission, the values. And then another key part is people want to know where are we going? Yeah. I'm going to probably pretty quickly turn the tables back on you, Mr. Host, and <laughs> ask you to talk some about this because you've had, as much as anybody in this body, you've had tremendous passion around equipping the saints. Mm -hmm. But I think the cool thing is, I think you've gained more both impetus and clarity around this on that both and front that it's not, it's, it's about deployment as Deployments. well, you know, not just holy huddling and, and equipping, but deploying out. That's right. And that really is stressed to me in that Ephesians four passage, God gave these gifts and these gifts are inhabited by people, but he gave those gifts, apostles, prophets, shepherds, teachers, Evangelist. Evangelist, yes. Yeah. He gave those gifts to equip the saints, that is, believers in Christ, mm -hmm. to do the work of ministry. For the building up of the body For, of Christ. That's right. And I think we do a good job of explaining that here, but I think in general, people think of the pastor or the hired staff or you know, whatever ecclesiology you're used to, that those are the professionals. They get paid to do ministry and we just attend or, or participate. But the Ephesians 4 model is upside down to that. Yeah, it's another opportunity to say, I reject that notion. That's right. You know, biblically, and that's, I think when we reject notions, you better be doing them biblically, right? <laughs> that's a good idea. And, and then the how you do it is yeah. important, speak it in love. But I think rejecting the notion that it's about, yo, know, it's those people's job to do that, no... The Bible says God gifts and gives these gifted people in these ways to equip the body yeah. to do the work of ministry. So I can't wait to see how this is all going to play out. And I, I just want to emphasize this. Mm -hmm. And we may want to get to the, the path of some of these equipping opportunities here in a second, but everyone can find their place in this. Absolutely. And should find their place yes. in this. And so if you're you know, dear podcast listener, maybe you're a part of this local fellowship. And if so, as your pastor, I'd say, we need you yeah. and find your place in this. And if you're in another local fellowship, the same. 
Yep. You know, because uh, biblically, that's that's what we're called to do is to take those gifts, take that equipping, and do our piece. What's interesting is three times Paul teaches about spiritual gifts, Corinthians, Romans, and Ephesians. And in all three of those, what they have in common is Paul uses the body analogy to mm-hmm. talk about that. That's right. And then Peter will say, hey, you've been given a gift, employ it in serving one another. So there's nothing biblical about a Christian called to be on the sidelines. Mm-mm. But there is probably more diversity than we can ever imagine of how God's going to deploy each and every believer. And all those body parts come together to make one body that's yeah. unified. I'm probably mauling your script here, but... No, no. I don't so, have a script. Okay, good. <laughs> so as a fellow overseer in this church and elder, what excites you as we're embarking on 2024 with with some greater clarity and trajectory on these things, what excites you about this specific body? I love the foundation we're on. Okay. So I would say that we have a real fidelity to truth, that we care deeply about the word, and we are firmly planted that that is our final authority for all matters of life and faith. What a foundation to start from. There's a lot of churches in this day and age and in this culture and just the last century of the church where liberalism has pulled a lot of people away from that being the final source of authority. Yeah. And so I think we have an incredible foundation to start with. Good. That probably gets me more excited than anything. We're not trying to reform that. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's times in church history where that had to be reformed. That's not the case here. And I think to build back against a false narrative that culture and young people are getting more and more secular and atheistic. And I think people thought that's the direction it was going to go. That was kind of the prognosticators, but that's not the way it's gone. Hmm. And most even academics and sociologists and, and people of that will tell you that actually Gen Z and these others are very religious Yeah, and not just in some new age spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they're, they're serious about faith. Yeah, And so I think there's an incredible opportunity, even in this culture, that people are hungry. Yeah, You see this all the time when people visit here. What's one of the main feedbacks we get when people yeah. visit here? Hey, you guys teach the Bible. Basically. Almost that word's verbatim. We get that <laughs> response from guests all the time. Wow, you guys really teach the Bible. <laughs> I love that. That's I awesome. I know. Yeah, and we, again, I'm, I'm, I'm so boring, the... Uh, be, you know, the same phrase over and over. I reject the notion that we do anything else. <laughs> That's right. It's the classic example of a foundation like with a house. If you got a crack, if you got an, an unevenness, the whole rest of the thing you build on top of that is structurally unsound. That's right. And is, is destined for collapse eventually. Well, let me reject another notion. Another notion that can come with churches like us, people that stick to that foundation mm. and, and cleave to the word of God as that final source of authority is, well, we're really just head knowledge and insular and we're going to make that clear. And we are with this mission vision values. And that's not even the culture here. The reality is we get so excited to see people live out their faith and deploy it to fulfill that Ephesians two ten calling that God set aside these good works for them. He didn't save us just to save us. He has a positive vision for the rest of our days here for us. That's awesome. And I get bummed out seeing people come to faith and then sit on the sidelines and not live up to what God has called them to do. And so what I get really excited about is when people catch that 
spirit and start living it out. It's almost like if I gave you a book on how to ride a bicycle and you read it and you're like, wow, that's really interesting. I think I know how to ride a bicycle now. And you never got out and rode the bicycle. That would be really sad. Yeah. So let me welcome everybody into the conversation we had Tuesday night of this week around the elders table. And this will start to get in for a minute into the vision. So the basic path we have is to start with a seekers forum. I say start. There's some sequence to this. And then again, that doesn't have to totally be sequential. But we think we need an an ongoing forum for seekers who have not yet come to faith to, to be able to engage in, say, a safe and collegial way to pose questions and wrestle with issues. And then there's a basics of the faith. And this, you know, we've seen people come to Christ through evangelism efforts this last year. Mm-hmm. And the comments that those who have been privileged to lead them to Christ have said is, I want to bring them here and, and get them plugged into something that's going to ground them in that foundation. That's right. One of the things I, I said, people are not moving to being less religious, but what we do have a generation coming up and we, we see this is a generation that didn't grow up in Sunday school, right? They never had this, even if they didn't hold to the time, they never had this training on the foundations of the faith. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the part I wanted to welcome people into in the conversation from Tuesday is we talked about deployment in that. Yes. You know, you said this notion that people come to faith and sit on the sidelines and, and our, our itchiness, our edginess about how to do this is that it needs to include you're in the game now. Now. You you came to faith, man, you're new in Christ. That path of Ephesians 2.10 that God has you to walk in, it's not like a delayed start. That's right. It's it's a start. The start is now. Now. And and go and make disciples in your in your part of that. And so that's that's exciting to me. It's not fully fleshed out. No. But how do we deploy at every level? That's right. And, and, you know, we don't come to faith in Christ by cleaning ourselves up and making ourselves worthy of Jesus, right? No. It's 100% Him. And we have to continue that mindset and into walking out our faith and living it. You don't come to faith and then start cleaning yourself up and, and getting all clean before you can serve. Yeah. That's just not the way it works. It's You get after it right away. Yeah. I, I'm fond of saying the Apostle Paul... If we were to grade mature, learned, productive Christians, he might be number one. He sure. might he might win the the, <laughs> the playoff. But he said, in the context of a passage about equipping people and doing the work of ministry, he said, "What do I have that I haven't been given? It's all about grace. I worked harder than all the rest, yet it was not I, but the grace of God mm-hmm. in me." Keeping that continual mindset of we're broken, redeemed people. Yeah. And the same way we got saved, where God did the work, He does it as we serve Him. That's right. He does the work. Yeah. We come in line with that. Yeah. Plug for last week, Eric hit on this a lot, talking about Moses and Exodus. Moses wasn't ready, and he said it many times. Yeah. I'm, I can't do this. I'm not ready. I can't, I'm not gifted enough. And God's like, no, we're going to do this. Do <laughs> to the point that God got a little, got a little, he got a little bit reject the notion at some uh, point. Uh, hey. Yeah. A couple times. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so maybe state that vision clearly as you read yeah. it out. Okay. So in 2024, we're intentionally focused on equipping workers for the harvest. While I'm talking, would you mind yeah, looking up Matthew, Matthew 9. 9? And do me a favor and tack on 36 at the first of it. So Matthew 9, 36 through 38. 
as we are equipping them for the harvest, workers for the harvest, doing that Ephesians 4 work of equipping the saints for the work of ministry, it's going to take a path of meeting seekers where they're at, then seeing people come to Christ and being grounded in the basics of the faith, being equipped in identity and Christ training with a head, heart, hands mindset, That's not right. a, just a esoteric theoretical thing. Uh-huh. And then probably at a, at a little more targeted level, we may go and select and, and identify some people and go, I think you're ready to be equipped for some specific training in specific leadership areas. That's right. And, you know, just having training for small groups and care ministries like Regen and Reengage and uh, Biblical Counseling and others. Yeah. And then students and children. Mm-hmm. I love the conversation that Shay and Josh and, and uh, Scott have around kind of the cohesion around this. They're, they're continuing to try and work together to have this track that brings these students along. Yeah. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say we've got to have people praying at every level. For these things, that's right. Well, in, in a focused way. So what? And yeah, and this, right here in your passage, yeah. Matthew nine thirty six through thirty eight, and this is in reference to Jesus. It says, "When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd." Then he said to his disciples, "The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Mm. Therefore, pray." earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Amen. Yeah. You know, I've read that verse many, many times through (laughs) the years. It didn't strike me until this last week when I was preparing for the sermon that he says this sequentially before he gives them the Great Commission in Matthew 28. (laughs) So he starts, he kind of seeds it by saying, start praying. Pray that the Lord will send workers in the harvest. Mm. And then I'll be darned if, you know, he is resurrected from the dead and he's telling his disciples, go. Go. Out into the field. That's right. <laughs> I wonder if they were thinking, yeah, he told us to pray about this. Now he's telling <laughs> us to do it. You know, and I think that's that's really the reality we all have to live in is if we're not doing anything right now, keep praying. Start praying, keep yeah. praying that God will send the laborers. Mm-hmm. And then go get in the game. That's right. So that's been something that the elders have been... That's drove that drove this vision path for it us is to say we got to get in- intentionally focused on equipping the workers. Yeah, and deploy them. Yeah. So as a guy who's championed equipping through the years, what are, just give give a thought or two on on this lineup of the path of these equipping opportunities. I'm excited about it. I know when we first started, we just kind of honed in on that verse and. Even just with the church our size, and we've grown a lot in the last couple of years, you're adding a lot of new people, and there's an assimilation process anytime you join you know, a new church and getting to know people and, and learning the ropes. And, and before, it's sometimes it's takes a little bit to before you start serving or getting involved and kind of learning where the needs are. And so making that clearer, but with these, we knew we had several exciting ministries, the growth of the, the care ministries, Regen, Reengage. I didn't even list everyday evangelism. Everyday evangelism. So we had a lot of exciting things going on, but we were kind of pulling from that same base of volunteers. And one of the things we were hearing from all the ministry leaders is just a little strapped on, on people, laborers. Yeah. So a part of this vision is we know we have plenty of people here to do it. Like we just, we just need to, Equip and part of that equipping is sharing a vision to get off the sideline, mm-hmm. to get involved. And 
there's a little bit of confidence there too. It's not always selfishness. I don't have time. I think a lot of people don't cross that threshold into service because they lack a little confidence and invitation. Mm -hmm. And so part of these equippings will be that I know the first two are, are maybe more introductory. There's a, there's a seekers forum where you can come ask tough questions about Christianity, really learn that, you know, who is Jesus? Who did he say is and cultural objections that we hear about a lot now Yeah, with a, with real clear gospel presentation. And then those basics of the faith, a lot of people didn't go through that in this, in this day and age. And so that gives that foundation. And then that next one I'm, particularly excited about we're calling identity and Christ training where we're going to hit on the head, heart hands, but that's really that class has the goal of growing somebody's confidence to share their testimony, to share the gospel and get deployed into service into that part of the body God designed you for and get after it. Mm -hmm. And really bringing in that eternal vision rather than the temporal that that's so clear in scripture, giving people that eternal vision for what they've been called to is really powerful and, and motivating. Yeah. You use the word, as you were talking, in, invitation, sort of inviting into a, a scenario where somebody thinks, well, I'm not qualified to be invited or whatever. Uh -huh. And I think Jesus takes that and almost does it one better. He not only invites us to participate, he, he charges us to do mm -hmm. so. And so I guess what I would share with, with my friends who are, are, are with us today listening is find your place. You've been invited. Yes. <laughs> Part of the new life in Christ and the faith. I mean, isn't it interesting? Class, probably two, two of the most classic salvation verses are Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, grace, <laughs> save through faith. Yeah. But why? For. For. That, that we are is, his yeah. handiwork yeah. created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm -hmm. He's mapped it out. He's prepared unique ones for you that aren't mine. And then he, and there's stuff that's common to all of us, like yeah. be his witnesses, equip the saints, find our part in the body. Yeah. I'm just pumped about it. I am too. And that third class will be a deployment to get people into the game. Amen. And that's, that's what I want to see. You're going to think I'm trying to suck up to you here, but uh, you don't need to <laughs> thank you for this forum. Thank you first for inviting me, but thank you also for, you know, some of these great conversations that you're having around important things. Mm. And guys, I don't want to sound too grandiose or self-important about what Heath and I are doing here today, but we're just sort of peddling and promoting the fact that God's given us this incredible opportunity, invitation, <laughs> command. Yes. And he says, come, let's go. I've chosen to use my body, the body of Christ, the local church, to be about these things. And so uh, get, in, get engaged. And don't feel the pressure of, oh, if I, I don't know if I'll do well enough or will do the right thing. Moses? Yeah. <laughs> no excuses. Fail forward as a, as a first step if you need to. Yeah. You know, hopefully this is the kind of place where we can rally around each other and keep going. That's right. If you, he came to give life and life abundantly. Yeah. And a lot of that is lived out through being used by God. Yeah. There's nothing like it. You bet. You bet. Nothing Amen. Like the, the football games this weekend are going to be super cool and I'm going to enjoy them. Mm -hmm. But when, when 60 minutes or overtime ends and the whistle blows, it's over. Yeah. And it's in the books as recorded history, but we're on, we're working in cooperation with our master Jesus and walking out his plan for eternal impact mm. that'll last. 
And so I can't wait to see what it looks like for FBC. I'm excited for these next three weeks as you continue to lay out these mission values and vision for Fellowship Bible Church. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining Fellowship Around the Table. If you would like to learn more, go to fbctulsa.org.